Welcome back to the TMI podcast. It's your host, Michaela. Happy Podmas Day 1. I have a very special guest with us today, and I will get that into a little bit. But I wanted to debrief about how Podmas is going to work this year. I'm going to be posting 10 episodes for the next 10 days about anything. It could be me. It could be me with a guest, just depending on the day. I have some really great episodes lined up, and I'm super excited to be able to do this again this year. This guest today starting off really strong because this guest, was on the podcast a few months ago and it was probably my most played episode for Spotify Wrapped, which is pretty impressive. But our special guest today is Anton. Welcome back to TMI. Thank you for having me, Michaela. Of course. I uh, couldn't do this without you. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> So today we were kind of deciding to figure out like what to discuss and like while we were debriefing about our lives, we came up with this like theme of like expectations we see in this world today. Um, We're going to be talking about like college, jobs, careers, like kids, lifestyles and all these things. So let's just get right into it. So we kind of like set this tone for this episode to basically focus on you know, what we think like society's expectations are for milestones that, you know, we should hit by certain ages. Um, and like Michaela said, we, you know, we kind of just came up with a, a list of, you know, what we think is some of the, some of the key points that people hit in their lives or, you know, may or may not hit in their lives. Um, and it's not always, you know, not everyone hits these milestones and not everyone has to, to, you know, feel successful or to be successful. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. Um, the first one we're going to talk about is college. Obviously, if you didn't listen to the previous episode with Anton, Anton's one of my really, really, really good friends from college. We've been through a lot of things together. We grew up together. We've been through a lot. So this first one with about college is kind of interesting, just being like 21 22 when we first graduated almost five years ago which is crazy (laughs) um but just kind of this expectation of when you finish high school like you have to go to college right away you have to find your degree and spend all this money on an education for four years that used to kind of be like a major stepping stone in your career and now it's kind of almost like not the same it's almost like kind of a waste of time almost sometimes for some people with they graduate and they just don't even go to a job in their own field. And I know we've both experienced that. Like how, how does that kind of reflect on you? And like looking back now, Anton, like how did that make you feel on what you studied versus like what you're doing now? Well, I think one of the things that it's, it's kind of important to point out is that, I mean, if you look at social media nowadays, especially in the springtime, people will post their graduation, like their college graduation photos on Instagram or whatever social media. Mm -hmm. And they'll caption it, you know, best four years of my life. Yeah, or like, thank you to my sorority or like whatever. And yeah, and I think if if you're using those four years of college to figure out who you are, you're probably wasting your money, your parents' money, whoever's money you're using, you're probably wasting it. 
Um, if you don't have a plan going into college of what you want to do and what you're going to do afterwards, I just, I don't think you should do it. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I, I'm still using like my background cause I got in education and I know we've both been figuring out like different jobs and like career rise, but yeah, no, I feel like it's also gotten just so much more expensive. And also it's been really interesting to see like I, where I work, it's a K through 12 school. Like we are a private school. Parents pay a lot of money to go to the school. And I'll see by the time they hit 12th grade, like half the classes are going to Ivy league schools because they did go to a college prep school. And like, if you don't, it's kind of like looked upon. And I remember that kind of happened with some of my classmates back in high school. One of the teachers flat out told the kid, like, why would you spend all your money here if you're like going to go to community college? And I think that's a, you know, that's a similarly great point. I know a lot of highly successful individuals in my field and in adjacent fields. And I'll tell you one thing, I think, and this is just my observations and perspective is that in a lot of cases uh the some of the most successful people that i know did not go to college right out of high school some of the most successful people that i know they hit the workforce in whatever capacity they could they grinded and they you know they saved up saved up for school whether that was you know tech school community college or whether it was a four-year institution i mean it's college is not the be-all end-all and this is you know speaking as somebody who went to two four-year universities and is no longer working in their uh (laughs) in their field of you know what i studied in college and likely i will never return in the same capacity Mm mm-hmm No, I get it. And I think that's kind of like connects to like our next point is jobs and careers and like how much money we make, like certain income for like a certain age, like me going into the education field, like we don't make a lot of money unless we get an admin job or like a principal job or like become a college professor, which I don't want to do. But like even me, like a few years ago, I was in my master's program, I was cruising through it and then I got burnt out during COVID and like obviously I haven't returned since but I think it also is like super interesting to think about like the money for advanced degrees and like in education for me like you only maybe make like five extra grand if you get a master's degree for education like it's not this big old like oh congrats you have a second degree it's just like oh I guess we'll throw you a a spare change (laughs) so I don't know I think it's been super interesting seeing like friends of ours and like ourselves like evolve and being like okay like this is how we adult this is how much money we make and like how do we afford life nowadays like it's super hard to afford like anything nowadays like where you were both talking about like trying to buy a house and like or like a condo or like whatnot just being able to have property in our names it's it's not easy it wasn't easy when we had like grandparents age back in the days or like even our parents it's crazy right and um all right yeah and one thing like you know in in my own experience and i don't want to talk too much about you know what i've done in the past um i kind of dove maybe even a little too deep into that the last episode that i was on um but like law enforcement is my original like that was that was career 1.0 for me 
Uh, it's what I went to school for. That's what I ended up doing right out of college uh, over the course of three years. You know, I was I was in law enforcement, and one of the kind of crazy things, you know, on this topic of you know careers and you know like career mile or life milestones as far as career and you know how much money you make. Um, one thing that I noticed pretty much right away that was really surprising to me is that, believe it or not some of the most pro law enforcement states in the country are more often than not the lowest paying states for law enforcement careers. Really? Yeah. Like Florida and Texas, if you are like a, like a city police officer, Mm -hmm. I think the average police officer salary, not counting overtime is like, $55,000 a year. No way. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's crazy. Well, and that's like counting like Tallahassee, Miami, you know, like Panama City, like some of the bigger, you know, wilder cities in Florida. And really, it's it's very low. Um, One of the things that is kind of cool about Minnesota is that, well, you know, we've got a mix of pro anti neutral you know as far as like population goes in minnesota minnesota actually has one of you know relative to the you know the nationwide standard uh, a fairly decent you know median income for people in law enforcement and you know another fun fact is that minnesota is one of one of very few states in the country that actually requires post high school education minnesota actually requires a minimum of a two-year degree to be a police officer. And in fact, one of the departments that I had worked for uh, actually required a four-year degree to, to, you know, to do the job. Like to be a cop, you had to, you had to have a four-year degree uh, in a relevant field, you know, psychology, sociology, you know, criminology, that kind of thing. But, you know, kind of taking that and, you know, my own personal transition into the corporate world. Holy crap. That's been a ride. We got to take some wine sippies first. Ah, yes, we do. Um, yeah, it's been a wild ride. I'm coming up on a year and a half uh, working in corporate now. It's been really weird. It's been, a, it's been a roller coaster, honestly. So I am now working in the solar industry solar yeah i'm I'm in solar solar panels <laughs> Woo! go green <laughs> yeah and it's you know it's cool just like the the lifestyle difference between you know working you know a blue collar cop job versus you know a white collar you know corporate job in you know project management it's so different and it, it i'm still adjusting to it and it's honestly it's it's vastly different. And I think, um, you know, kind of back to like the, the focus that we had said that we're going to talk about, you know, what are the milestones that society expects us to hit by certain ages? I think they're very different, you know, blue collar jobs versus, you know, white collar corporate style jobs. I think, I think those are vastly different in, you know, what people expect of, individuals in those different career fields and 
what people expect from themselves, you know, regarding lifestyle, salary, you know, all of those kinds of things, you know, where you went to school matters more in different aspects. Like, you know, where you went to school matters more in a corporate setting in certain cases than it does where you went to school, you know, for a blue collar job, if you went to school, you know? Mm -hmm. No, I know. And it's interesting because like, I've always viewed the corporate world as this like big scary thing that only like some of my friends have. Like Will has a corporate job, you know, and it's like one of those things where I've just heard it's like you just work for the money, like you kind of die on this hill of corporate world. It's really hard to like climb the ladder, all this stuff. And I think it's really interesting like that you switched over from something from like law enforcement to to this corporate lifestyle and like how like what are some changes that you think you you've seen like major differences between those two jobs like is it like the workload like obviously the workload is totally different but also like lifestyle like how does that affect you at the end of the day like getting done with a nine to five versus like a 12 hour shift is that what you guys used to do or like what's the standard yeah so you know the the first law enforcement agency I worked for, we worked 10-hour shifts. Um, I was, I worked mids is what they call it. And so that first agency, they had three uh, three different shifts. Um, so during mids, I worked, oh God, I don't even remember. I think it was like 11 a.m. to like 9 p.m. And that, you know, that is different. You know, my second agency I worked for, we worked 12-hour shifts and there was only two shifts that you could work uh, it was either 6 a.m to 6 p.m or 6 p.m to 6 a.m and you know kind of speaking you know just to what what those differences are like what the shift is to you know from that lifestyle you know to my current corporate lifestyle or my I don't have a corporate lifestyle, I would say. Um, I definitely don't. I mean, I live on a farm. The like the main difference is at the you know when like you said at the end of the day when I'm done with my nine to five, it's vastly different. You know, after after a shift in law enforcement, you know, you get home and you're you're not like you're not done with work. It's you're replaying so many things about what you saw, what you did, you know, what you could have done differently, you know, you're, you're always like second guessing what you did and how you could have done more or done better. Nowadays, I get in my truck and as soon as I am off the parking lot, blacktop, I could give less of a hell (laughs) about what I did today. Like, I mean, like, obviously I care about the work that I do. I think it's important. But as far as like the stress low goes, once I am off the property, I, it's not a thought in my mind, you know, Mm -hmm. it's not a stressor. No. Yeah. Um, I'm the same way. It's, and it's, you know, as far as like my mental health goes, oh gosh, vastly improved. You know, I, I drank a lot in law enforcement and it, you know, it it was definitely a coping mechanism, but it was also like a, a social thing. You know, I would drink a lot with the people that I worked with and, you know, law enforcement, you have a tendency to only hang around other people in law enforcement. You know, your, your circle becomes very small and that can be both a good and a bad thing. I think, you know, I can't really, I can't say the same thing about, you know, my current occupation, you know, um, 
although I would say I'm definitely not as close with my coworkers, you know, in the solar industry that I, than I was, you know, compared to my coworkers in law enforcement. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, I get it. And I think that's also like super interesting just to like kind of feel the differences. Cause I remember a lot of people on the last episode was like, I didn't know this about this person. Like they were really brave for sharing their story and like whatnot. So I always find that really interesting and just being able for you to just also just share that part of your life because I know for you there were some really dark moments for you during that time you know so I applaud you for always being able to share that and it kind of also kind of like goes into our next thing of like we're both 26 you know at this age like people are getting engaged people are getting married people are having babies um (laughs) and then along comes Anton and I and probably a few other people we're just trying to buy a house and apparently the housing market is going to crash this next year but I will not believe it until I see it and I think it's super interesting just like this process the last few years of just like kind of like trying to interpret of what the housing market is and like how the heck do you buy a house and like what that all entails like I I feel like I could have house money but then also I like couldn't have house money to be able to buy one because I've kind of like had this realization of like once you buy a house like that's great and all but then you also have to be able to pay the mortgage you have to buy furniture you have to be able to pay like the water bill and the gas bill and like take care of the house which is like so wild to me and kind of crazy (laughs) yeah and um you know kind of diving right into it I mean I actually just last night I um for the first time big boy shit I fill out a mortgage application I'm actually planning on Monday uh once I get the final numbers situated with the brokerage firm I'm planning on submitting an offer uh on my first home and that is both exhilarating and absolutely terrifying at the same time <laughs> yeah (laughs) adulting right well and it's so crazy because like we always hear this narrative of like back when our grandparents bought the house like it wasn't that hard or like even our parents like my mom has lived in the same house for like almost 30 plus years and it's just kind of crazy about like what it was like and it's it's really annoying with this also continued narrative of like oh just save your money and like live at home Oh, and stop buying, you know, stop eating avocado toast. Like, like, that's the stereotype. <laughs> like, that's, that's like the internet joke, right? Like, yeah. if you stop eating avocado toast, you will be able to buy a house. You will be able to afford a home that costs anywhere from $150,000 to $550,000. Well, and it's crazy too because, like, also just like how the houses look like nowadays. Like, I feel like so many houses now are so modern. And again, like, some of those houses can be like $800,000 and it's like for like a three bedroom house. And it's really just dependent here. Like in Minnesota, I know. And it's the, the, the market's crazy. Like I, I've looked at numbers and I don't know. I think it's kind of a scary thing of like, I feel like people don't give our generation enough credit of like, we're actually trying. It's not like we don't care. It's not like we're trying to live in our parents' basement the rest of our life. It's just, the world is such a different place and the economy is such a different place. Like it's, it's hard to live. Right. Well, and (laughs) that's exactly it. I mean, 
I'm not going to tell y'all where the house is that I'm going to put a bid in on. Oh, because, darn it. Well, because, well, why would, Privacy I, why, reasons. Why would I want the comp? No, I don't care if you show up for the barbecue. I just don't want the competition when I put my bid in. Um, I mean, to put like to put the housing market into perspective, like between our age and like our parents age, you know, my dad is, you know, my parents are like 58. You know, when my dad graduated high school at 18, 18, 19, he and one of his best friends, my brother's godfather, uh, the two of them pooled together $4,000, you know, two grand each, and they both, you know, they bought a duplex together. You know, that was their down payment, $4,000 for a down payment, and they bought a duplex. They renovated it, and they rented it out, and that's how, like, they kind of got their start. You know, I'm I, I'm in the process of, you know, kind of doing that for myself. And the down payment is, let me tell you, a hell of a lot more than $4,000. Well, that's also so interesting, too. Like, everyone's getting into real estate and becoming, like, a real estate agent because that will help them earn more money and getting to know the housing market. I know a few friends who have done that and they whether it's like a small town or like in the cities like it's it's kind of crazy you know it's it I've always seen these funny memes it was like I should have became a youtuber at age 13 so maybe then I could have afforded a house you know with all these like OG youtubers like no hate to any of them like that's not what I'm saying but it's kind of like Oh, I should have. I should have started earlier. Like at age seven, I should have started saving up to buy a house. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, kind of on that, you know, we just, you know, Michaela just talked about, you know, how there's the real estate market is such that it's so attractive. You know, in the past five, ten years, that you know, so many people our age who don't know exactly what they want to do, they've just decided, hey, I'm going to be a realtor. Unless you have connections, unless you want that to be your career, do not think that you are going to get rich quick being a realtor. You're not. Do not do it. I promise you. It's not worth it. I mean, if that's like, if that's what you want to do and that's what you want to dive into and like commit yourself to, that's different. It is not a get rich quick career. It, it's not. I know too it, many people yeah. that did it and it it just it's panned out for 10% of them. It's not like selling Sunset. I can guarantee you that. I promise you people. It's not <laughs> like that at all. Uh, um, but now we're going to talk about like a very interesting topic that I feel like we personally haven't talked like enough about. A partner, like spouse, and marriage. Like we've had our past relationship, I'll see again, not with each other, not with each other, let me preference that, like separate people, but, you know, we've we've had some really interesting relationships with people and just, like, trying to figure out our lives. Like, I know right now, like, I am in a very serious relationship with Will. I say serious because I think it is. We're coming up on two years this this upcoming May, and, you know, we've, we've that's, had... That's serious. Okay. That's serious. Okay, you hit, just making sure. <laughs> let's be honest here. You hit one year in today's society, that's a very serious relationship. Okay. Well, You're yeah. talking two. You're talking I'm talking two. two um, double serious. But it's, it's, that's another thing. Like, I swear to my life that I at least saw 
eight engagements over Thanksgiving break. Eight. Whether it was, like, high school, whether it was from, like, people from college. Like, people are getting married and engaged. But then I also know people our age who have been married for, like, a year and a half or two years, and they're younger than us, and it's not working out. They're getting a divorce. Oh, yeah, no, I know. Well, first of all, you bringing up uh, the engagements over Thanksgiving, the last thing that I'm going to do is propose to a woman when my dad is carving the turkey and his hand is up the turkey's butt. I'm sorry. In my mind, that's just not the romantic that's situation where I, not the right time. where I want to pop the question. Um, but yeah, no, I think it's, I think it's really interesting why so many people that, you know, are like our generation are, you know, within our age range are in such a hurry to get married and I, I really think it comes down to like what they think the expectation is to be successful. And I think that's a very flawed reason to commit to something like that because it's a commitment. It's not just a milestone. It's not a box that you check. It's so much more than that. And I think that's what a lot of people struggle with. And I don't think dating apps or social media or you know i don't think pop culture any of those three things i don't think any of that helps people's confidence self-esteem or their like long-term outlook on a successful relationship well and it's been super interesting too because like i kind of always like joke with people i'm like oh thank god i met will when i did because my my dating success with apps were not good um and of course like it's so interesting too because like i feel like recently everyone's like no man wants to settle down oh my gosh mikhail almost just spilled her wine i'm so i'm so sorry um she was talking with her hands it's okay she's italian (laughs) actually no i'm 100 percent russian Russian. (laughs) but i saw this thing on tiktok and i need you to like actually answer because it's super important i saw this tiktok and it was like a man can be like in a relationship with like the person that he should be but then like he dumps her and like he like proposes to the next girl because like that's like who they need at the moment like is that like a thing like a, a boy can date like you know sleep around date multiple women and then they just select one of them one day because they're like oh this is what i need right now i need to settle down i could not tell you you could, okay. <laughs> you're asking okay. you're asking you're asking <laughs> someone with um i don't know i don't want to say i'm like old-fashioned i'm not like old-fashioned yeah although i do really like old fashions um (laughs) tasty yeah i don't know i think on some level i think like you know as stereotypical as it is you know that that old saying when you know you know um i think in the scenario that maybe you're talking about it's definitely more of a i don't want to say midlife crisis because i think if I'm gauging it right, I mean, you're probably talking about like guys 29 to 36 is probably what you're talking about where, you know, they're with someone for, you know, three years, five years, six years, and they break up because they're not sure that that's what they want long term. And they date someone, you know, same age, younger, maybe, probably. That's usually the stereotype is after a long relationship, you date down in age, at least for a guy. And then he pops the question, you know, less than a year into a relationship with them. I don't know. I think 
personally, I think, I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but to me, that seems more like, uh, oh shit, I missed the boat with the previous one. I don't want to miss the boat with this one. And I think it's kind of a rush to hit that milestone, you know, to, to check the box. And I don't think that's necessarily the best thing for anyone involved. So with that, with like all that, like then how do you think that people like make the marriage works? Cause like, right. Like I, I think I know a few people who got engaged to get engaged and then they got married. Like, how do you think like maintaining that and like also understanding like you fully know that person and that like your views like line up, like having kids, like what is the lifestyle going to be like? Well, and I think what a lot of people don't understand, especially in today's society and culture, I do not think that people understand the fact, and it is a fact, you can have different politics, different religious philosophies, and you can have a successful relationship, a successful marriage, and you can raise kids together successfully. What you really need to agree on are your personal boundaries with each other, you know, with with parents. You need to, you need to have healthy boundaries with your parents. I'm sorry. Absolutely, yes. <laughs> 100% agree to that statement. You do. I have not brought a woman to my house like like to meet the family in a long time. In years. In years, yeah. Probably years. Also, Anton is single. So, but it's okay though, because his person's out there. <laughs> it's okay, I promise. I promise you it is. Pause while I sip my drink. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then it's, it's also a really interesting concept, like going hand in hand with like partner and spouse and like marriage. And the next biggest thing I feel like is people are having babies at our age, like full grown babies. And raising them now for this next generation of kids. I think that's kind of crazy. And I think it's also like the society expectation of like, if you, this is going to sound controversial and I don't care. I feel like we've been raised that like, if you're religious and like you have a background, like you get married under a year, you have your first baby. I think that's pretty common though. I mean, well, especially like, like the more, the more quote unquote traditional family lifestyle, yeah. it's you're very reserved. You're very, very reserved. You're reserved. You're reserved. You get married, close off baby time. Literally. <laughs> and, and that is legitimately true for yes. so many people that so many people, you know, I, I know, I mean, I grew up in a very small town and half the town was extremely Catholic a third of the town was very traditionally Protestant. There was a good group of people that I don't know what the hell they were. And then there was the people that just lived their lives and, you know, the go with the flow type of people. And, you know, I was I was raised one of the Protestant people. And, you know, I don't, again, like going, going kind of back, backtracking a little bit in our conversation, you know, to the idea of that, you know, you don't have to agree with your partner, with your significant other on every single topic. Like, 
if that is who you are and what you do, I'm not saying that you're wrong. I'm not saying that you can't have a successful relationship. Personally, I don't want that. I don't want to agree with my partner on everything. I want... Mm -hmm. No, I get it. I want us to be our own individual people um, with our own original thoughts and I want to be able to express mine and I want her to be able to express, you know, her beliefs, her opinions, you know, whether it's religion, politics, you know, ultimately <laughs> what it comes down to, I think if you want to have a successful relationship is, you know, setting those healthy boundaries, having exceptional open communication you know, not being afraid of what your partner is going to think if you open up about a certain topic. You know, not feeling like you have to be reserved in any particular regard. And then the other big thing is if, big if, because again, we're talking about milestones that society expects you to achieve by certain ages. One of those big ones is kids. You know, like like we like you said, um. Not everyone has kids. Not everyone wants kids. And also, I, as an educator, we should be a little concerned with this upcoming generation. We're doomed. Like, also, it's the fact that they're called Generation Alpha, for one. Anyone who describes themselves as an alpha, <laughs> anyone who announces, I'm an alpha, <laughs> that is not an accurate description of anyone. Who describes himself as that? <laughs> I think of like a frat boy when they think of alpha. I'm like, ooh, a male alpha frat boy, president of his fraternity. <laughs> <laughs> alpha beta apple pie. Yeah, we get it. Yeah. You you tattooed some letters on your arm when you were drunk. We get it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like I I also think it's kind of a crazy thing, like as an educator, like, I, I'm with fifth grade, like, they're about to go into middle school next year, like, right, like, I, I deal with their attitudes all day, every day, but I'm used to it, and, like, we have great relationships, but, like, it's the fact that sometimes these kids expect us to pick up after themselves, or, like, help them fix a mistake, like, not learning a lesson, like, it's a little crazy thing, and I, and I hope, I really hope that our generation as parents, like we, we can turn that around because as a 26 year old, I've gone on field trips with parents and they don't parent other kids. Like I remember going on field trips and if you screwed around, any parent would be like, knock it off nowadays. Oh, oh yeah. And, and nowadays it's just <laughs> like, no, I don't want to correct Johnny. I don't want him to be mad at me. I want to be their best friend. Yeah, I think that's a that's a huge flaw. If your goal as a parent is to be your child's friend, you are failing as a parent. Well, I heard this really interesting quote, and it was, if you're your kid's best friend, you're going to have to parent for the rest of your life. And if you parent your child, you'll have a best friend forever. Hell yeah, I like that. And I think that's so important to understand the differences. Because I think there's been definitely been a major switch with these parents. And, like, no hate. Like, I'm not trying to, like, shame you and be like, you're doing a bad job. Because not all parents are like that. But there's definitely been a shift in how do we raise kids nowadays. Okay. So when I say this, I'm not targeting 
any group, and I'm not targeting, let's just say this, I'm not targeting. I'm just noting this as an observation that I've made, particularly on social media. I rip on social media a lot in my personal life, and I think I'm probably going to do that a lot on this podcast. But one thing that I kind of notice is a lot of times I see, you know, new mothers my age posting pictures of their, you know, their daughters or their sons that are, you know, they're very little and their captions are like unironically hanging out with my built-in best friend. Like, okay, that's kind of cute when they're a baby, but what happens when they're six years old or when they're seven years old or when they're 10 or when they're 16? Like at some point, if, if you are, if you are befriending your child versus parenting your child, you're not succeeding. At least, well, you know what? I'm not even going to say that. I'm not going to be the one to judge your success. I would say for myself, if I was more of a friend to my child than I was a parent to them or a guardian and mentor, I would consider myself to be failing personally. My dad raised me and my brothers a little more firmly than my mom. Growing up, he required three things of us, and he would say this often. He would say that he expects us to be responsible, respectful, productive citizens. He is very much a blue-collar boy down to his bones. He put himself through school. He went to St. Thomas, Boo Tommies, roll cards. Heck yeah, all the way. <laughs> <laughs> but they're not even part of our division. They went D1, so. Yeah, they're irrelevant. Yeah. You know, my mom went to St. Kate's, hashtag Mayak family. But no, both my parents, they, you know, they neither of them went to college right out of high school. Uh, they both paid their own ways, working full-time, Um more than full-time. My mom worked at, you know, First National Bank in St. Paul while she went to St. Kate's doing school full-time, working full-time. My dad worked for... That guy's got a story. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I mean, very much the mentality of I'm going to build my own life. I'm not expecting anyone to pave the way for me. And that was definitely how my parents raised me, particularly my father. Uh, he very much, you know, back to back to his, you know, old adage. You know, I it pounded into my brain. You know, you're going to be a responsible, respectful, productive citizen. And also, you're the oldest of three. Yeah, <laughs> that I am. So yeah, I mean, be responsible. What does that mean? Be productive. What does that mean? I mean, being productive, I mean, I feel like you need to occupy your time with something meaningful. And I think, you know, on the lines of, you know, in regards to like our our overall conversation topic of, you know, setting or not setting, but potentially achieving, you know, what milestones that society expects you to hit by certain ages. That's definitely not what he meant. I mean, like, I know that. I mean, growing up, maybe that was kind of like, oh, I don't know what that means. But, you know, at 26, I kind of feel like what he meant by 
you know, be a responsible, productive citizen. He, he's talking about pulling my own weight, you know, being able to sustain myself, let alone anyone else I bring into the world. I mean, have the capacity to not only financially provide for that, but to emotionally and intellectually you know, raise a kid. Please do not think I am preaching to an absent choir because I'm not a parent. I don't plan on being a parent for the foreseeable future, considering I don't have, a, you know, a person that I'm going to have a child with anytime soon. But, so. but you will be <laughs> Uncle Anton to my children. Do you have news? No, I'm just saying <laughs> in the future. <laughs> You will be Uncle Anton to my future children if I have any. And you will be Auntie Mickey. Slay. <laughs> but yeah, I think, no, I feel like that's been so interesting, like, figuring out of, like, we're really, really not that old. We're 26. No. And I feel like <laughs> no. our generation, like, a lot of people kind of brushed us to the side. Like, right, like, we had the millenni- like the millennials, like, the the core ones, like, early 2000s. Graduated in 05, 06, 07, and then we kind of got forgotten about, I feel like, because everyone was busy about their lives. But I also think it's really interesting to bring up the fact to our next point is that I kind of want to talk about is like lifestyle. Like, love this. Like, I, you know, I, I wish my mother would come on this podcast because she would paint the perfect picture of like, Kathy, you sure you don't want a podcast? <laughs> I feel like my mom has raised me like and like we we're friends because like we have similarities in how we were raised and like what we view the world as and like I think that's also a really big thing for me right now like going into education like I would love to become an admin person like that's essentially what I want to do I want to get my PhD I do want to become Dr. Michaela can I call you Dr. Mickey Heck? Sure. Hell yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it's also like kind of the lifestyle like if you know me personally, you already kind of know this. Like my mom and I, we we went to Disney like almost every spring break growing up. And like as I got older, like my mom has had her own business. Like she started it like about like almost forty years ago, and she's still going strong. And like she she built the life that we wanted. Like we we have a very meticulous lifestyle right like we have season tickets to like the ordway and orpheum here in like minnesota and like we go out to nice dinners and spend our money that way like we go to a lot of concerts like i can just ask my mom like hey i want to go to this concert can you get tickets and she'll get tickets like it's no big deal and going into the field that i am in it is kind of hard to be like i need to be an upper class job to be able to continue this lifestyle whether it's for me and will or like just for me like right like we never know what the future brings but like i have a goal of like how i want to make sure that i can keep this lifestyle because i'm so used to it at the end of the day right and you know i'm i i feel like honestly i feel like i have a little bit of imposter syndrome like all the time because i feel like i have my feet in both ponds you know like the you know, the blue collar redneck lifestyle, you know, I grew up on a farm, you know, hunting, fishing, and here I am at the same time, you know, working a 
corporate white collar, you know, project management gig where I'm clickety clicking on my laptop for nine hours a day at least and making phone calls left and right. And, you know, it's like lifestyle, like, I don't know. I'm still trying to figure out like what I, what I want to do is like what I want to make you know, like my my signature lifestyle, if you would. I mean, I envy my parents so much because they, my parents did something that I I don't know. I just don't know a whole lot of people that did what my parents did. I mean, I had already said like at, you know, 18, 19 years old, my dad and one of his, you know, his best friend bought a duplex together and that's what they did like immediately out of high school immediately moved out of their family homes had jobs obviously while they did that maintained jobs got better jobs you know my parents didn't have i mean again michaela mentioned i'm the oldest my parents didn't have me until they were in their 30s let me tell you they fucking partied (laughs) they still party what are you talking about (laughs) Not like they used to. I, know, I mean, like, still. like my parents would go again. So, like, my dad, my dad bought that duplex with a guy named Mike. So, Mike ended up marrying a gal named Linda. Again, relatively young. Like, my parents got married relatively young. I mean, like twenty four and twenty five. I think is what they were. And you know, Mike and Linda did the same thing. And so my parents, Mike and Linda, and then a couple other couples, like that was their friend group, and they would do the wildest shit together. They all had boats in their mid-late 20s, like 28. They all had boats, and I don't mean like fishing boats. You mean like big party boats. I mean, like, boats that if you wanted to buy today would cost you over $100,000. I mean, like, mm-hmm. yeah. back then, I mean, I think they probably pay, like, twenty grand probably. for, like, a 30-foot big-ass boat yeah. that you can sleep six, eight people on. Uh, they Every single one of, like, each one of those couples had those kinds of boats. They would go to, you know, they would go to Mazatlan once a year, if not twice a year, you know, they'd, go, they'd like Mazatlan, Mexico, once a year minimum. They would live on the Mississippi St. Croix River in the summer. You know, they would go out west skiing during the winters. Like, lifestyle. Like, that yes, exactly. is awesome. No, that's how, Kat, that's how my mom was too. Like, and also, can I also just say, like, my mom also... To all the Minnesota people, like, my mom worked on Prince's Purple Rain Tour. Like, pretty cool. She also worked at Musicland back in the day. Like, so she met, like, all the recording artists. Like, so, like, building that career, too, around music. Like, having a successful career at whatever age it is and being like, okay, I can go to Mexico. We can go ski. We can do whatever. Like, I feel like nowadays it's it's not really the same. And if it is, it's kind of like almost like a competition, like on social media of like who can post like, oh, I'm in the Hamptons this summer or like 
I'm in my vacation home out in Colorado or like all this stuff. Like I feel like with social media nowadays, like it's, it's harder to understand like people's financial situations because now it's just out of proportions of millions of dollars and how people spend their, that money at the end of the day. One of the things that I, I shake my head at, I cringe at, it's just, it's so uncomfortable for me to to see, especially on social media. Again, yeah, you can tune me out. I like to, I love to rip on social media. But when you, so many times I can, I, you know, I'm, you know, I, I swipe through my, you know, my, like my Instagram, for example, and I'll see somebody posting a video or a, you know, a set of photos and it's clearly like they're in a place. I I love to use California as an example. So many people go to California and while they're there, they walk past some incredible restaurants or, you know, just or Rodeo Street, like or Rodeo Drive, like Yeah, just very expensive, yeah. just very elitist, very uppity high end places and they do it and they post it in a way that implies that's where they went. Like that's why they were there. That's what oh, they're 100%. doing. And it's so fake. It's because, really fake. Because they weren't. And I'm not I'm not knocking. I mean, I understand it. I just don't understand why people feel the need to be validated in that way to give the impression you're more successful than you are at the end of the day what does that achieve it achieves nothing. it achieves nothing really it achieves right it achieves attention in the form of a, a click somebody likes your photo because they think you're doing better than you are does that make you feel better I know for me personally, I would feel like shit. That would make me feel even worse because then I would feel like I'm even more behind. People are liking this content because they think I'm more successful than I am. And I think that just feeds the ego in the sense that I have to I have to be more successful. Well, you should want to be more successful constantly, but not at the expense of living authentically. I think that's the best thing you can do. 100% agree. I've kind of noticed like my own patterns of like, I remember like I used to post all the time in college and now like I rarely post, like maybe it's for my birthday or like whatever. But like nowadays I'm just like, I, I have nothing to share with the world. Like, and it's not because like I have a relationship and I'm like keeping that private from everyone and being like, Oh, I want a private lifestyle now. No, that's not it. It's just like, I, I just kind of, like, don't want to share that with the world. Like, I've had some major, like, things in my life, and I'm not going to post about it because I don't need that validation, and I don't want people to be like, OMG, congratulations, I'm so excited for you, when at the end of the day, they're just commenting for, like... Right. I mean, I've never been, a, you know, a flaunt my relationship on social media person. I... In fact, I mean, there are, let me backtrack. So I post on my social media, at, well, Instagram specifically, 
I will post moments that make me genuinely happy. So like for me, when I open up my own Instagram page and I scroll through that, there's not a photo on there that I don't smile at. I don't post RIP grandpa all the time because that, I mean, to me, like that's not, that's not a happy moment for me. I don't want to post that. In that same breath, I have my own boundaries. I don't, I've never been one to post my relationships excessively. I just think that I don't, like, I don't want, number one, I'm very private. I don't want everyone to know everything about me or my relationship. Not that it's a secret, but it's, that's more of like, that's, to me, it's so intimate that that is like one of those things that I want to save that just for me. See, and it's so interesting that you say that because like my, when I started for seeing Will, like this is like the first relationship I have there where like, I don't have to post about him. Like people know I'm with him. I don't have to post about it. But he doesn't care. Yeah. And he doesn't he care. Does, like he doesn't he, care. Like, right? like he, he doesn't need to post me. I don't need to post him and like where like in my other relationships like it's so I, I, I felt like I needed to post because like no one either no yeah. one knew we were together or like people need to make sure that we were still together in case mm. something happened. Ooh, mm. Yeah. The classic. Mm, I got to know if they're uh, available or not scenario, which is literally the last relationship before Will. Oh, and I was going to say, like, if someone doesn't know if you're single or not, they don't know you enough to have an interest in you. Or it's the... Well, a serious interest, well, like a vested interest. Or or it was the, I don't want to take a picture with you because I don't want it on social media. Like mm. The classic, I don't want to get caught maneuver. Yes, which which we all know about. <laughs> So I don't know. It's It's been super interesting. Like, and it's so funny because there's also this TikTok trend of like, I really like went too close to the sun because now I only have like my boyfriend and like three friends kind of deal. It's like this really funny thing. Um, but it's also like, I also can really appreciate that at the end of the day. Like I have like my partner and like I have my friend group that I know that will be there for me at the end of the day, no matter what. And I love that. And I will say that there is a huge difference between that and it doesn't matter if you're a guy or a girl. If you have a ton of friends of the opposite sex and as soon as you post a picture with your significant other, like you're in a relationship and you post them and all of a sudden all of those people that you're super good friends with if they stop checking up on you they aren't your friend they trying to fuck <laughs> and they know they can't no quite literally actually mic drop honestly 100 percent, i agree and people who avoid social media for that reason number one will never tell you that's the reason because they're hiding they are hiding it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, 100% agree. I mean, 
we've all had that relationship before. So, <laughs> yeah, the person that always appears available is is no. hiding something. <laughs> well, number one, they're not loyal. But number two, if they always appear available and like they want to be available, usually they are emotionally unavailable. Oh, 100%. Exactly. Isn't that just so interesting how this happens as we get older? <laughs> oh. Silly gooses. Could never be me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like social media in itself has created problems. Not like I don't even want to say it's created problems, but it's it's expanded and it's multiplied problems that have existed in previous generations, but it's made it so much more prevalent in a society. I mean, when our parents were kids, or well, not kids, but like when they were, when they were our age, when they were young gooses, <laughs> <laughs> when when they were in their early mid late twenties, I mean. You'd you'd go to the photo booth, you know, at a bar. You'd whip out your Polaroid camera and you'd snap a picture. And guess what? Your boyfriend would put that on the dash of his truck. And he would ride around in that with that photo until that photo was so sun bleached you couldn't see anything but white. You know, maybe I'm a fucking hopeless romantic. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> just just drink your wine. <laughs> I can't believe we're already an hour into this episode. I mean... We love. I feel like this is... We love. Like, for reference, we literally have one sentence for our overall topic. Exactly. And we have six bullet points. Quite literally. Like, with three words per bullet point. Like... We're just vibing with this. Clearly, we're, yes. we both have some some things to say. We do. We do. <laughs> well, okay, so now into the next thing. Well, it's technically like our last like bullet point, but I feel like we can talk about this forever. I showed Anton before we even like recorded. So if you guys listened to my last episode, I talked about that TikTok sound, the panic years. Oh, my God. And I, was, and, and I was like, Anton, like, can you listen to this? We got we to gotta find a way to... I'm not super techie, but we got to find a way to like, after I, after I say what I'm about to say, like after I say this thing, we just got to like, the sound, I can just yeah. play it into the microphone. Yeah. You just got to like play it. Okay. And okay. then we'll talk about it. Okay. But let's good. pull it up. Okay. Give me one second. Let me, let me pull it up. We're going to pause and she's going to pull it up. In the meantime, how was your day? My day was fabulous. By the way, I'm on a winter break. I can't <sighs> believe we're in December already. That's crazy to me. I feel like this year has been flying by. What is anyone's New Year's resolutions? Do you do New Year's resolutions or no? Normally mine is, I don't even know. I, I don't, I don't like write something down. I feel like I should. I feel like that would be a way to just. I've tried to do it. It just doesn't work for me. I don't know. <laughs> I feel like I got to do a joint New Year's resolution. I feel like that, like if I said like, okay, hey, like, you know. Hey, Joe, you and me are going to hit the gym every single day and we are going to get XYZ result by this date and time. I feel like that'd be so much better, like, of an outcome. But, like, as a whole, no, I don't really do, like, 
resolutions. I don't either. Okay, are you ready to hear the sound? Yes. Okay, let's, let's play okay, this. So here and is then we'll, if, uh, if you we'll are chat and react. Yeah, if you aren't on TikTok, there's this thing called like the panic ears. It's the sound. I'm about to play it for you guys. Um, just sit back and relax, and I guess listen. The panic ears. That's how my twenties have felt anyway. A panic to be perfect, to have everything figured out before thirty. A panic to stay ahead of the cost of living crisis, buy a house, all while staying present because you're only in your twenties once. Remember. A panic when people's success on LinkedIn makes your stomach drop. Or a panic when you've got no plans on a Friday night, but the rest of Instagram stories does. A panic to constantly self-improve, to read more books until reading more books becomes more of a chore than a hobby that you do just to tick off a to-do list. A panic to make people proud and spend time with aging grandparents, to keep up with trends, plans with friends, and skincare. Quite frankly, I am tired of panicking about the panic years, but I know I'm going to continue to panic about them anyway. I know. I mean, as much as that person probably chose their words very, very, very carefully to acquire social media attention and interactions and likes. That hits home just on so many levels, especially with like the topic that we decided to talk about. And after I had kind of pinpointed, you know, the topic of today's podcast with Michaela, I, she was like, what do you want to talk about? And I was like, I don't know, halfway through a bite of pizza, I'm like, I want to talk about this. And I literally told her, I want to talk about, you know, like the expectations that society has for the milestones that we should hit by, you know, certain ages. And that audio just nails it. It nails it. Like quite literally, like that is, that is like how we're all feeling. And I just like, I don't think people understand, like that's truly how, everyone in our like 20s or mid 20s for us like are feeling right now like it's it's kind of funny like I was telling all my coworkers about like winter break and like what I'm doing and and I told them like oh I'm doing Podmas I have this like podcast with you know with Spotify and they're like oh my gosh what's it about you know and I kind of just told like being in your 20s and all of them were like oh my gosh wow like let's look it up I want to listen to it and like also like I know this podcast is more than just being about your twenties, but like it 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 really is a staple. And I know that also for us being in our mid twenties, it's not talked about enough because right now we're closer to thirty than we are to twenty at this point, which is kind of terrifying. Hell yeah! Um, so the other day, one of so okay, so this guy I know. Uh, you know, way back in the day, I mean, I was, I lived in this neighborhood and this guy was my neighbor and, you know, he's, he's probably, you know, seven years older than I am. And anyway, I, I'm, you know, I'm old school. I kind of follow a blog and this guy posted on his blog, you're given 75 years to make a name for yourself, to grow and to succeed. So you've got 25 years to learn. So, like, obviously, like, that's birth to age 25. Mm-hmm. And then he says, you've got 25 years to grind. That's 25 years to figure out your career, hustle, earn money, figure out your passion, and succeed at it. And then he says, then you're left with 25 years to enjoy the life that you've created. You don't need to change where you're headed. You really don't. 
No, oh, I mean, yes. 100%. No, yeah. The uh the the phrase life's a journey is valid. I mean, mm-hmm. it is. Like at the end of the day, like I can't believe we're almost 5 years post grad. And, and I and I feel like I have nothing to show for it. Well, at I the mean, end of the day, I I feel the old, like I the have old, nothing. The old 90s country song, life's a dance, you learn as you go. True. You literally do. No one, no matter how successful they are. I I truly don't, like at least at our age, I don't think no matter how successful you look, I don't think that those people feel as successful as they're viewed. I think, you know, one of my, one of my high school teachers, he said this to me freshman year, perception is everything. And I thought that was brilliant for the longest time. And I have kind of come to the conclusion that it's fucking wrong. <laughs> Very much so. You can look super successful. You can, you know, I mean, I see so much, you know, I was a, I, I ran a bar for like a year and a half in between my time in law enforcement and my time in the corporate world. <laughs> wild am, time. That I am currently in. Wild oh my time. God. Wild, wild Anton at its finest. More fist fights. I got into in that year and a half than I think I did in three years in law enforcement. That was wild. And I would see so many, so many dudes, dudes especially, God, so many guys would wear the most ridiculous, ugly outfits, but it would all be designer and it would be different, different brands. They'd have Louis on their feet. They'd have Gucci on their belt and they'd, you know, like they were just, and and they would wear that with like Balenciaga tennis shoes. It was just, look at me. I spent seven grand on this outfit to wear to a dive bar in a river town in Wisconsin. Oh yes, oh yes. Like, sorry, Mister Ryan, you're never going to hear this, but perception is not everything. Those guys, quite literally, are not successful. Those guys are broke and they're pretending. And I'm not going to pretend I'm super rich and successful. I'm fucking not. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, I know where I'm at. I'm not content where I'm at. Obviously, I want more. I want more. Yes. But I'm working for it. But I'm also not pretending like I'm doing better than I am, which is something I absolutely refuse to do i mean i agree too like i'm i'm never gonna bullshit my way through life i know that for a fact like i i will never i mean fake it till you make it's valid but i'm also not gonna bullshit it and be like oh Mm. my god look at me look at me correct yeah there's yeah there's no reason to there's no reason to present yourself as anything other than what you are because if you get attention if you get success from that it's not authentic. As soon as you show your true colors, you'll lose that support. And what does that do for you in the long run? It just makes you something you're not. It twists you and changes you into something that you don't want to be. You're not comfortable being because it's not who you are. And mm-hmm. I've, yeah. you know, talking about, you know, milestones to hit in your life. I don't I don't think there's an age you're supposed to be comfortable oh. with yourself. I don't no. think I don't think that's 
a milestone that society talks about. No. What age are you comfortable in your own skin? I don't think ever, TBH. Is that bad? Like, I, well, I mean, uh, I don't... I, maybe as a parent, like, if you're I, comfortable... I think ideally you should be comfortable always. That is true. I think you... Sh- I mean, I, ideal world. Yeah. You're, you're comfortable from day one until day X when you're six feet in the ground. I mean, shit. The fact that we're not is really just kind of a, a tragedy, honestly. I mean, so if someone comes up to you and they would, and they ask you to look at yourself in the mirror, are you comfortable with yourself? What would you say? Would you say yes? That's a loaded question. <laughs> when I look in the mirror, I'm not content with where I am, but I'm happy with where I am. Hmm. How do I say this? I'm not content with where I am in the sense of permanency. If I were to stay in the position I'm in currently for the rest of my life, I would be miserable in Agreed. a year. Yep. At like the like farthest out. Mm-hmm. You give me a year of my current situation, yep. I would hate it. I, I love routine, but I don't want my life to be one big routine. I feel the same way. I feel like sometimes like I'm almost stuck in a routine. Like I wake up, I go to work, I come home, I do some things, I go to bed. The cycle repeats. But then when it comes to the weekends, that's a different routine of like what I do. Yeah. Seriously. Like it's, it's hard. I don't know. I, well, seriously. I mean like sometimes, you know, I, I, I've got a lot of friends down back in Winona and I, I go nowhere, Minnesota, by the way. (laughs) What? How's as other people would call it? When nowhere. When nowhere. Who the fuck says that? City people. Oh well. Yeah, okay. City people have fun paying thirteen dollars for a double IPA. I'm gonna go to Island City Brewing and get a double IPA for six dollars. But back to what you were saying. Yeah, I I mean it it really is it's a really hard question. I mean for somebody to ask you, like, are you happy? Well, at what, like, in general, yeah. But what does that look like long term? I mean, you have to maintain your happiness, but to do that, you also have to increase, I guess, your own self-perception of continued, and that's the emphasis, continued success. I mean, it's everything's on a trajectory, and... The fact of life is you're going to have ups and you're going to have downs. And sometimes those downs will put you in a really, really, really dark place. And, you know, I just, when I have hit those times, I have just always kind of come back to, you know, my dad's old saying that, you know, he would say for as long as I can remember, I mean, you're going to be, a responsible, respectful, productive human being. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that is that is how I that is like my creed. <laughs> that is no, what, yeah. that is what I will tell my kids someday. Yeah. Like I don't care what you do in life. Yeah. I mean, you know, an, another like 
you know, another old saying from the family. Like, geez, we I, love it. I'm f- I'm full of them today. Like, we this, love that for you. It just kind of brings one to my mind. So, I mean, like, I I think I maybe mentioned this. So, like, I, you know, I was talking about like my hometown and like how, like the like the religious diversity in my hometown, like my very small hometown. It's so, like my parents. They're both they're both from West St. Paul. My dad, he grew up Catholic. My mom, she grew up Lutheran, you know, Protestant. I love the story. And when my parents were engaged, my mom told me this story. And it's, I, you know, I forget the details. She didn't dive like super deep into the conversation that took place. But my mom, at one point during the engagement, just broke down in front of my dad's mother. And said, I don't know what I should do. And I think she was, I think the context was like about religion. I mean, like to be married in a Catholic church, you have, like if you're not a Catholic, my understanding is that you have to convert. You have to do the conversion classes and then you'll be married in a Catholic church. Or you're allowed to be. It is not like that in the lutheran church or yes it it is not like that in the lutheran church you basically just you can just do it and so my mom basically broke down in front of my grandmother and was like i don't know what i should do and my grandma just was kind of quiet for a minute and my grandma is super catholic like she says the hail mary like 50 billion times a day and she was just quiet for a minute and she just kind of put her pointer finger under my mom's chin, tipped her, tipped her head up, grabbed her cheeks, looked at her, and said, "It doesn't matter." And here's and here's the line: "Whatever you are gonna be, be a good one." I, I, I both, love it. I love that story. I remember you told me that in college, and I was like, "Oh, oh my gosh!" No, yeah, no, I love that story. It'd be a good one. Yeah. Be a good one. Whatever you are, be a good one. Yeah. Whether it's a cop, whether it's a lawyer, whether it's a teacher. Be a good one. That's probably too much to ask from a politician. <laughs> but Oh my God, yeah. <laughs> be a good one. Yeah. Or at least give it your fucking all yeah. to be a good one. Yeah. Shouldn't be that hard. Yeah. Well, what a great episode that we just had for Promise Day One. And with that, I think I'm going to turn over to Anton. Anton, do you have any final thoughts? Yeah, I'm just going to quote Grandma Marge here on this one, you know, in that conversation that uh, she had with my mom, you know, a couple weeks before my parents' wedding. And that is, you know, my closing thoughts, whatever you are, be a good one. For the love of God, be a responsible, respectful, productive human being. Yes, we love. <laughs> Shout out, Papa. <laughs> <laughs> With that being said, just remember to follow the socials on the notes in this podcast episode, and I will see you guys tomorrow for Podmas episode two. XOXO, Michaela.